Do not explode. I've missed Trisha. Trisha, I'm telling you, I just edited the Tiger Bomb episode. And you literally <laughs> sound like Jen. You say something and it's like, oh my gosh, it's Jen. And after <laughs> Jen telling about getting locked in the car the other day, uh, I don't know. Um, Rachel's careful. trying Skype on her phone. Rachel, do I need to hang up on you and call you on the other line? Okay, she's writing to me. Let's see. I'll send a message here. Okay, I'm going to hang up on you on this one, and we'll try again. Mm-hmm. Scott, thanks for the banner. It is cool. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. I had some time on my hands. and yeah. You weren't working at work, so. <laughs> yep. Trisha? Yeah? I got a new Harry Potter shirt. And it's, yeah. it's got a lion cub with a Gryffindor scarf, and he's got pumpkin juice. And it's got a crow with a Ravenclaw scarf. And it's got a snake uh-huh. with a Slytherin scarf. And then it has a badger with the Hufflepuff scarf. And he has Mike in his hands. No. He does. It's a little plant. Yeah, he has the venomous tentacula. It was $12, and I literally had $12.19 in my account, and I bought the shirt at 12 cents. <laughs> I followed your link to it at one point, and it said, we have so many back orders, we can't possibly um, have it take any orders right now because our shirts are so popular. It, it was on a limited thing. I knew I had to get it when I got it. So, mm-hmm. um, Rachel is a, fin- a fellow Canadian. Scott, just so okay. you know, mm-hmm. we're going to try her again and see what happens. It says she's busy. Yeah. I'm talking about this. It's not working. What are you doing that's not working? Well, uh, um, there was an am- a big, huge Amber Alert in PA, and everybody's saying that um, our, all our phones are supposed to say, hey, Amber Alert, Amber Alert, look for this girl kind of thing. I thought I never did that. Hmm, that's weird. Because everybody's like, oh, my God, we, I thought my phone blew up or something. And I'm like, oh, honey, I didn't do that. But anyhow, sorry. That's okay. Guess what I'm drinking? Mike? Yes, but guess what kind? Pomegranate. Chocolate cherry. Mm. It's really? yummy. It's like drinking a Tootsie Roll. Ew. Okay, then I wouldn't drink it. My brother oh. looked at it and said, that's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. And, uh... But I've noticed they keep disappearing, so I think he's decided he likes them. <laughs> mm-hmm. They found a really cool thing yesterday. It's been really mm. cold here. In fact, it hasn't been above freezing in the last three or four days. Uh-huh. And yesterday they were doing some stuff on the new garage, and they found a fold in the black plastic that's uh, we've got wrapped around the garage. And uh-huh. there was an ice... Ice had frozen in there, and Brian picked it up. And it, it was, you know, it's about a foot long, and it's about, I don't know, six inches around. And mm-hmm. it, it uh, it's frozen, but inside it's still liquid, and there's sawdust in there. So it's actually a snow globe. <laughs> it's a huh? it's a homemade snow globe that nobody was trying to uh, uh, do it. Yeah, I I had a race yesterday. Called, it's called the Frigid Five Miler. Well, it was 50-plus degrees. Mm. So it wasn't that it wasn't that frigid. Yeah, we're having Actually, a heat wave at the moment. It's six degrees. It got up to six degrees above freezing today. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were 
been, you know, minus 16, minus 20-ish, which is, I'm not sure what exactly for you, but... Digits. Digits. That works. I don't know, but it's been chilly. <laughs> I can't tell if you're swimming or being Darth Vader. It's such a great sound. I think it's picked up. It sounds almost like you're an underwater scuba diver. Really? Mm-hmm. Am I okay? Well, let me try and just like, okay. How about how about now? No, it's okay. Okay, how about now? I wasn't hearing it when you were just laughing about that just now, but uh, oh well. Okay, I don't know how to do this. Interesting. Um, I don't know how the hell is it going to happen. It's not that freaking loud, and I'm just I'm sorry, I'm shocked. It's really loud. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Not as loud for me. Now I got a tropical heat wave song in my hand. A tropical heat wave. I feel like Ryan. I have no. Oh, thank you. You don't know how to spell this, so I can't spell this. Apparently, six above for us is something like forty-three for you, and uh, uh, what it has been is more like around your zero. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Call anyone with a phone at local rates. So. I need to call Rachel, but... It's going to cost you? Yeah. I think screw it. Sorry. Well, I don't think so. I have some money on there. We'll see. If it gets to be too much, then I'll... We'll kick her off. But, um... Uh, sorry, no offense, Rachel, but... Try right-clicking the chat on the left-hand side. Um... What's this? Try... Ah. No, that's the old way. Um... Hang on. Okay, I'm going to hang up on all of you. Call her first and then call you back and see if that works. Okay. And if not, then we'll just go because I want to be able to get through this. So I'll be back in a moment, though. We've got ringy dingies. Hello? Hello. Hey, there's a voice. Yes, there is. Wow. Okay. Very different. (laughs) Now we're just going to hope that it actually lets me call the other two back. Ah, uh, yeah. Trisha. Uh, hello? All right. Well, I have six <laughs> minutes of Skype call uh, uh, available, or oh. six dollars of Skype call available, so we'll see how fast that goes in Canada time, because I have no idea. <laughs> I can call you guys, because I have a Skype subscription to you guys in Canada. I don't know if there's people in other places, but I'm not I sure how that works for recording. Yeah, I don't know how that would work either. So why don't we, we'll start <laughs> so we can do as much as we can. And if Jenny comes back, then we'll, we'll try to slide Jenny into and see how that works. And if Kelly okay. gets in touch with me, then we'll send the newbies and get Kelly because I don't know, but I haven't heard from Kelly either. So we'll just see. What uh, okay. Yeah, okay. I'm going to try one thing. I think it won't work, but one second. Um, <laughs> Lucilla. I'm going to talk and then keep talking and it might go suddenly black. Can you still hear me? Yeah, uh, now? I Yes, yeah. now. Okay, awesome. I put my headset in, but it doesn't have a mic for the phone, so. Oh, okay. I didn't know if it still worked or not, but it does. Seems like it works just fine. Yes. Okay, yeah, so. Just slightly more muffled, <laughs> but not enough to really make a difference. Mm-hmm. That's probably just the uh, different angle for the microphone. Yeah. If that's better. Uh, and Trisha's better now too. Trisha, what did you do? Uh, nothing. 
That's so weird. There you go. Because, yeah, I'm not getting any breathing sounds at all. And I wasn't out of my breath a long entire time, too. Well, it's okay. It's back, so we're good. <laughs> I can't hear it. Uh, It'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, you should know, Rachel, that mm-hmm. this is typical Pufwa. It yeah. never goes right. <laughs> Never ever. Well, it works. It works perfectly for the. This is good. (laughs) Wow. It worked amazing for the for the Puva episode, and I have not done anything differently. So I don't know what on earth happened. That's so weird because literally I could hear sounds. I I I did a Skype test call, and I could hear myself really tiny. Yeah, you were really. I know you're saying. (laughs) So it was Hmm. odd. I know. I think I might have damaged my microphone. I stuck it in my purse a couple times because I lost my other headset uh, for my phone. Okay. So I think that might be why. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, because it's still working. It's just not working well. That makes sense. Yeah. So we've got like two minutes left of talking now, right? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I, sh- I should slide this over so I can see. Um, Where'd it go? Huh. This doesn't tell me how much money I, Skype money I have anymore. So either it went away really fast and uh, they're going to charge me more or I don't know. Well, maybe. Have you ever had a subscription on this account? Here, though. We're good. Um, 658. So it hasn't used hardly anything. So we're good. Uh, Yeah. And it automatically charges my account and rebuilds it or something when it gets to something. Ah, okay. I I just know I pay three bucks a month for Canada, US. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how it works with the credits. Yeah, I don't either. You're the second person I've ever done this with because uh, we did it with an author once, and that was it. So. Oh, okay. I've listened to too many old podcasts where they like call random people all the time. Oh yeah, Ryan calls people all the time, but yeah, on his money. <laughs> we like yeah, that's, money, uh, yeah. But that's not so. The way this works is, uh, I guess I'll introduce us, and then usually we go and. To Trisha and then Scott, because we sort of go in alphabetical order, and then you're the new person or the guest, so you are last, because that's what we okay. guests we make them go last. I don't know why. Uh-huh. That's so, what we do. So I'm after who? After Scott, because I'll start. Scott. Are we recording right now then? What? Huh? Are we recording then? Oh yes, we are recording. Yeah. I've been recording for a while. Okay. Okay. I wasn't sure. <laughs> I was afraid. I will double check and make sure it is Skype that's recording. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Wonderful. Yes, Susan, please record us. <laughs> there was that one time. I won't live it down. I'll be ticked off because I'm just wearing a frothy. It's only once. Yeah. We only did it once, but we, we lost the underwear discussion. It was very sad. <laughs> well, one of the, like, three seasons isn't that bad. Two or three seasons. Uh, this is our third season, so, yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah, plus, this is the third season. Plus, uh... Underwear several- discussion. We've had a lot of underwear discussions. Yeah, but this one was the one where Kat asked Scott boxers or briefs, I believe. <laughs> I still don't yeah. remember why. I'm not I, it, sure where that came from. It was in the conversation somehow. It worked. It it came through whatever we were talking it about. It did, yeah. But it, yeah. it did work. Oh, out. well. <laughs> so. All right, then. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> Trisha. Didn't do anything. Okay. You you said something and I couldn't understand you, so I was just curious what you were up to. I said alrighty then. Alrighty then. We will start this thing. 
awesome. from California. I'm from, I'm temperamental tonight. Are you? I'll send yeah. you one of my chocolate mics. You'll be happy. <laughs> yeah, I'll get drunk off of one. That's all it takes. I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> Ooh, do you want to go get something to eat? No. Because, you know, we had that oh, great podcast where you ate a candy bar. Shut <laughs> 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 There have been podcasts where people ate entire meals and you could hardly tell. I, yeah. I, I ate a whole burrito while on POV last week. They've also dropped entire meals. That's true. Yeah. That's a Jen and Chi kind of a thing. So. No, it means I would have to make something, and I don't really feel like making it. And I'm, I'm, I don't know, I'm too hyped up right now. Okay. <laughs> As said, you could take the computer into the kitchen and cook, and we could be back in Kayla's bistro. <laughs> um, my computer oh, doesn't do that. Oh, okay. I don't have a laptop. <laughs> Just thought I'd ask. Uh. That's too bad. Okay. For Friday, October 18th, this is episode 174 of Modern Figure. Welcome to the place where the story number ends and season 6. Hey, Ron. The next time. Yeah. Previously on Potterfic Weekly. Where would you like to start, Sue? <laughs> well, let's start at the beginning. That would be awesome. My resolutions for this Potterfic Weekly season is not to snort. Welcome to Potterfic Whatever. <laughs> oh, Scott. Did we, did we lose Scott? Okay, what did I miss? Am I like surrounded by Hufflepuffs? You yes, are. you are. Yes, you are. Apparently, I'm Jen, and I don't know my outfits. No, she's the poster child for our podcast. <laughs> Shit. I snort. I think I need more meds. My meds have kicked in, I can tell. Sure. <laughs> I think that's two, and that could possibly be three. Moving right along. I felt like a rock star. Just really big knickers. Pants are your underpants. Not ah. trousers. Modern Weekly, defining strange terms for your edification. <laughs> But I was planning on getting grammar anytime soon. Really, honestly. <laughs> Saxon Snorkax, two of my favorite subjects. I love Snake. You are quite possibly clinically insane. In the nicest sense of the word, of course. <laughs> we always laugh before the end. Father, think we please. Where the story never ends. Welcome to season six of Potterfic Weekly. Hey. hey, we did it. Uh, <laughs> I am Sue. I'm Trisha. I'm Scott. <laughs> I'm Chris. I'm Rachel. <laughs> we are starting with a little fic called My Nephew Harry, and it is a Marge Dursley story about when she ends up having to watch her two eight-year-old nephews. And she finds out that maybe not everything is as it seemed. Mm -hmm. So um, it was written by Lucilla. I can't do it. Lucilla? Lucilia, I believe. Lucilia. The second guy. There yeah, is. you guys pronounce it. And it is on fanfiction.net. You <laughs> will find a link in our show notes. And the I really like her little story. summary. What's the summary, mm -hmm. Trisha? I love her summary. During the two months she watched her eight-year-old nephews, 
Marge Dursley discovered that Petunia is a pathological liar. Vernus had somehow been brainwashed by the no good bitch. And Dudley is a spawn of Satan. And Harry's actually a good kid. This is what intrigued me. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what intrigued me, too. In this first little bit, real short, first chapter, temporary guardianship. And, you know, it's just Marge, she's, the everybody's been in a car accident. Vernon and, and crew have been in a car accident. Vernon and Petunia are in the hospital. And Marge has been called to pick up her precious nephew, Pooh, Dudley. And the other boy. Because. The runt. Yes, the runt. The one that should be drowned. Uh, yeah. Bad blood Bad yeah. And she ends up taking him too because the nurse runs after her with this kid and she decides it's inappropriate to make a scene in the parking lot of the hospital. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And she took him and she, on the way home, Dudley's loudly demanding food and wants to know if they're there yet. Just as a, a child. Are they there yet? And the runt, and I love it. She calls him the runt the whole first part of the story. The runt remained quiet and put up with Dudley's constant poking and hitting without trying to defend himself. Mm-hmm. Which Dudley, clearly means there's something wrong with him. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what, in some way, in some way, it, I mean, that's a sign. I mean, he's not defending himself. He, that's a sign of something absolutely wrong. I mean... I don't care what kid it is. I mean, he could be the weak, he could be the weakest, he could be the toughest. It's like, it's like anybody. After so long, you, someone keeps poking, poking, poking at you. Pretty soon you're going to tell them to stop and they keep poking, poking, poking. You're going to slug the person. I don't care who you are. Right. And he's not doing anything. So that's his son. Something's, something's wrong. Well, yeah. He's been picked on and picked on and picked on so much that he doesn't even try to defend himself anymore. It's really sad, but she doesn't see that. She sees Dudley as a boisterous child, as healthy as he should be at his age, and the other one's quiet and hides himself in out-of-way corners, and she's thinking he wants to be sneaky and stuff like that because she's been told that he's a terrible, rotten kid. Mm-hmm. And, and steals everything that isn't nailed down and all of this stuff. Right. So she gives them both dinner, which he's surprised to get, and of course, Dudley steals half of it. Mm-hmm. So, right. Mm-hmm. And one of the odd things that um, she does with this story is, at least the first couple of chapters, she sort of starts as if the rest of it's going to be a flashback. Mm-hmm. She's narrating it from um, some time later, and then jumps back and tells you what all has led up to this point again. Right. Um, it's an interesting idea, but it's done slightly awkwardly, I find. It's kind of hard to tell necessarily where they are in the timeline, but it works. Yeah, there, there, yeah, there's, there's some problems I had with the story. I mean, it has, it's a great premise and I like it and I think there's some areas. It could be a lot longer story though, too, all at the same time. Mm-hmm. There's some things in there I think I wish could be expanded on. Yeah. Right. It almost seems like um, she's doing a treatment. This is sort of an essay about the uh, various things that, uh, some theories that she had of how things would go if this happened and this happened and this happened. And she almost needs a co-author to do the um, show don't tell bit. Because mm-hmm. it's most, it's all sort of 
narrated from within Marge's mind or in a couple of other places, other characters, and we never actually get direct dialogue scenes or any of that. Right. But it's still all very interesting um, ideas that she's come up with and generally well put together. Right. And, and it's like Trisha said, it's a great premise. I like this part where she's served dinner and Dudley's eating and he's eating everything in sight and she has to order Harry to eat. And he looks at her like a dog who's been kicked one too many times and knows better than to expect kindness. And, you know, that I think set a little grain in her mind that she's it's going to come back. And she's still at the point right now where Harry has to be watched like a hawk because he's the one that's going to be stealing things and Dudley can do no wrong. But in the back of her mind, she's already thinking something's not right here and it hasn't come up yet, but I think it's waiting. It's there. Her spidey senses are coming about. (laughs) And in the next paragraph there, there's a line that I really like. It says, uh, Without her brother or his wife to intercede and take Dudley away when he got to be a little too much for her to handle, her precious nephew's boisterous behavior began to grate on her nerves. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's like that all the time. Pretty much. Yeah. And uh, he throws a tantrum when they tr- she tries to put them to bed because he doesn't want to go to sleep. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's watch the TV shows. Yeah, he wants to watch TV and he wants to do all this stuff and so um, <clears throat> precious nephew we, Pooh. <laughs> yes, we jump forward a week at the end of this first chapter and the beginning of the second one because what's happened is this is when the the real turning point comes is when Dudley finally does something she can't ignore and knocks over um, her husband, her mother's ashes. That's her husband. Yeah. He tries to blame it on Harry again, and she knows perfectly well that Her- Harry's out in the kennel and had nothing to do with it. And uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, she's let his deadliest behavior slide because of the extreme circumstances of his parents being in the hospital. But now that she's stopped to think about it, that's been a mistake. So, the mm-hmm. you know, the first night, Dudley throws a temper tantrum, and I love it. Dudley had thrown one hell of a temper tantrum because he hadn't wanted to go to bed at the appropriate time. And she thinks back to her own childhood, and if she or Vernon had done that, they'd have gotten the belt. And in contrast, Harry slinks off to the corner couch that he's supposed to be on, and he goes right to bed. And she figures that's just so he can sneak up in the middle of the night and do something he's not supposed to. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, like, she gets up in the next morning and counts all her belongings and makes sure everything where it's supposed to be, even the silverware. <laughs> right. And, like, yeah. Like he's eight years old. How long is he gonna take silverware? Go down to the pawn shop. Can I have some money so I can buy drugs? Yeah, I know. Yeah, he's tiny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And she's under the impression that he has some weird genetic disorder, and that's why he's always so tiny. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of made me laugh because he's got the weird genetics, but it's not. Uh, it's the magic, not the smallness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she doesn't know that. Still. So. And so she goes through this week sort of um, checking everything every morning, and there's never anything touched except some food item or other, which um, Dudley blames Harry for. And so he gets uh, no breakfast and sent out to go do chores. Mm-hmm. But then by the time this um, knocking over of the urn 
happens, she sort of starts to reconsider because maybe all these other breakings of things and banishing of food hasn't all been Harry. Right. Because she's proved that Dudley has broken this urn. And then I can't remember which day it is. I think it's the third or fourth day they're there. She hears somebody rifling through things and gets up to catch the runt in the act. And it's Dudley in the fridge mm-hmm. at the chocolate cake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, this is, yeah, this has happened. And she, and every time, like, like it was a, ten, it was a tin of um, biscuits and it was, um, chocolate cake and, mm-hmm. and Dudley's always been, been blaming Harry and then and she's been as uh, she, she's been she introduced him to the cane and then she made sure like he did, he had other things to do right so first the first day Harry gets beat with the cane and then the morning that the chocolate cake is missing she spanks him so hard he won't be able to sit down for a while and she sends him out uh-huh. with a list of chores and this is exactly what he's used to you know, he's uh-huh. used to missing food, he's used to getting smacked around, and he's used to getting all these chores. And yeah, so but the thing is that does. he yeah. but he's still get, but he's getting more regular meals with her than mm-hmm. the other thing because each time she sets him down for dinner, he seems surprised and she has to tell him to eat. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I think I think to her that's that's the little thing. The fighty sense is coming back again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, of course, Dudley's bored right away because he doesn't have all of his stuff. So she finally takes him out and buys him all these expensive toys that he'd only get for Christmas or his birthday. And, of course, he breaks them immediately and, defend, you know, blames it all on the runt. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I guess it's the day after the um, chocolate cake that he she um, hears something and discovers Dudley at the pudding for the next night. Right. And, uh, she yells at him for the first time ever. And then when her check the next morning shows that that's the only thing missing, she sort of goes, hmm. Yeah. So it's always been food. There was Dudley doing that. So maybe it hasn't been airy all the time. <laughs> and then the Colonel Flubster comes by and he's a, I, I like that he's a retired veterinary surgeon. Um, mm-hmm. That's why he always uh, helps her with her dogs. Mm -hmm. And instead of drowning him, which drowning the the runs, which she's always asked him to do, he takes them off and gets them adopted instead. Mm -hmm. So And we get introduced to a little bit of, um, oh, no, I guess that's the next chapter. We get some of his backstory as well. No, no. A little here. It does a little bit here, yes. Yeah. Yeah. He studied to become a, a veterinarian. After the First World War, and he, 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 he joined the military. The military because he failed. Failed, and yeah. he and William Dursley saved his life. He took a bullet for him in combat and nearly died and saved his life. So he keeps an eye on Marge and because of William he keeps Dursley. An eye on the fam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marge and Vernon. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if William Dursley is supposed to be. Their father or their grandfather, but mm, yeah, um, probably their father, I suppose. Well, that's a good point. I think it's supposed to be the father. Yeah. And it doesn't say what. Oh, it says say first world. world. Oh, yeah, I can't talk. Okay, well, it says which one? Yeah, he, he was saved during the Second World War. Um, he'd been in the First World War and then um, joined back up. Also in the second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he. 
he takes Marge aside after they eat and asks if Vernon's been having financial problems because uh, Harry's clothes don't fit and his prescription glasses are way wrong. And so he wants to know if everything's okay with them. And she says, oh, it's just that he's destroyed all of his glasses and his property. He's, he's you know, destructive. And so he just kind of gets whatever they can give him because he ruins everything anyhow. But, you know, she's starting to see he that that's not true. He doesn't quite buy it. Right. Yeah, he doesn't, he's kind of like, eh, whatever. But, you know, mm-hmm. moving on. And now, even though she's caught Dudley at it once, she still mostly keeps punishing Harry for having things being going missing in the night mm-hmm. um and then they'd have and so she wouldn't um she'd send him to do chores and he wouldn't I'd, get breakfast or lunch it looks like yeah because he's sitting there while she and dudley eat lunch mm-hmm. and of course and dudley whines constantly <laughs> my mom would make my food oh can oh i can <laughs> like my son right now is in, going to the stage where he won't he doesn't, he doesn't want to try anything, and I, I force him to try things, and I, I see his face. Before he even eats it, puts it in his mouth, he's like, kind of thing, and I just want to punch him right in the head. I go. <laughs> you don't. I'm glad you put that part in there. I just want yeah. to. Yeah. This is the thing to. about um, Dudley's description in this story, is he does all the bratty things that most kids do occasionally, but he does them all the time and all at once. So this is how you can tell he's got a few things wrong with him as well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Well, guess who just showed up? Miss Kelly. Who would that be? Kelly. Oh, there you go. Hello. I'm checking to see if she's ready. She's not actually on the call yet. She's not here yet. Okay, we got all excited. Yeah, I got you all excited and then ruined it for you. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's this whole first. I'm sorry, I was talking over you. Say that again. I said, "What a bad Hufflepuff you are." Yeah. Like that. Oh. Well, Scarlet keeps telling everybody I'm the evil Hufflepuff. (laughs) Yeah, I think she might be right. And now that maybe headmistress. I mean, what are we doing? (laughs) I know. What kind of nonsense is that? (laughs) <laughs> okay, we're going to try, Kelly, and see what happens and see if we can actually pull off five without going haywire. It's a dog. It is a dog. And Kelly's typing Hi, Kelly. Me? You? Typing? No. No? It sounded like typing. It was the mouse falling over. What? I see. Silly mouse. Kelly, this is Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Hello, it's Trisha. <laughs> yeah, I know you. <laughs> we're we're going to see if it works, and if it doesn't work with five, then Rachel said that she would bow out. But at, yeah, I've got homework. <laughs> at a quarter tell, I, I had Trisha confirmed, and nobody else had sent me a message saying they were coming. So I was scrambling for people, oh. and, and Rachel said she'd come on, and then Scott showed up, and so then we got to have too many. So, But I wanted to at least give well, her a chance. And, and I, and I don't get home until, you know, weird hours. I knew that, but I day. wasn't sure. And then my computer crashed, so I don't have my tweet back up anymore. So I, if you tweeted back at me, I missed it. I did. 
I called. I did tweet back at you. I called everybody, and we had the line all going, and then my computer completely turned itself off and restarted, and uh, and then we had to start all over again. So it's being uh, well, you know, you know my my uh, opinion of Macintosh computers. So. Yes, I know what you think about my computer. Okay. <laughs> it's not you. It's the it's Mac. <laughs> I know. I agree. And and I have to tell you that I I've been awake for a very, very, very long time and I don't know how long or how long I'll be coherent. <laughs> okay. Well it's the first five chapters and we've already made it through two, so it's gonna oh, be a short okay. podcast. Mm-hmm. That that's mm-hmm. probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I thought it'd start uh, us off easy. I, I went to um go to bed last night and started reading. I'll just read a little bit of this fanfic. <laughs> and when, I, when I got finished, when I got finished, it was quarter to six. Oh, no. <laughs> and, I was, and I had to be at work at, 10, at 11. So I had about an hour and a half of doze because the dog decided she was going to walk all over me for two hours. And so I've been up for um, a really long time. Yeah. <laughs> and I took a five-hour energy five hours ago, so hopefully it'll hold on. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> but I didn't have the really long blinks on the way home. I don't remember most of the drive home, but I know I didn't fall asleep, <laughs> so that's good. That's good. We don't want you falling asleep <laughs> while driving. That's bad. Yeah. Now, I'm not as tired as I have been when I was driving, and I've had the long blinks. Those are bad. Mm-hmm. But I know I didn't have the long blinks, but I don't remember most of the trip home. I just know that it's really cold outside. It's extremely cold. I understand. It's like 22 degrees. Yeah, it's 22F here. So We've been hiding yeah, between Scott, I know it's 25 22 below zero, but 30. <laughs> now, Scott's having a heat wave. Yeah, no, it's actually six, above. six degrees above zero here. Which is 40 Fahrenheit degrees here in Ontario, too. How, so what is it, Rachel? Or Celsius. It's 40 degrees. Oh, it's above zero here, too. <laughs> Sorry, Rachel, you just it's have to jump on us. It's, it's 60 <laughs> degrees above zero centigrade? Yes. Yes, that's correct. Wow. I think it was 8 here yesterday. Nice. The snow's all melted. So you're in the um, I think too. It, I don't know what it got to here, Celsius, yesterday. I think it was minus something. I don't remember. Well, I know that we haven't been above freezing in three days here. Well, I think we got to. I think we had a high of eighteen yesterday. Yeah, that's which is that's higher. Well, than and, and <laughs> considering that's still under zero in Celsius. <laughs> Friday it was sixty-four degrees Fahrenheit here, hmm. and then yesterday I think we might have reached. Maybe we got to twenty degrees. It was. Really drastic. I mean, just like, yeah. Yeah. And ice. It was quite a jump here as and, well, and but the other way. <laughs> you went it was cold to yucky. hot. Mm-hmm. You went from cold to hot. Yeah, you went cold to hot. Let's see what ours Yeah, it went from see. about zero Fahrenheit to 43, so, yeah. Hello, dog. Let's see. What date? What is today's date? Today's the 14th. Today's 14th. The 13th. Oh, it, it did get, yeah, it was... 64 degrees on Friday. The high on Saturday was right after midnight. 
The high on Sunday was 26 degrees. It got up to 26, and right now it's 24. It's just really freaking cold. Yeah. Fur is right. And everything's frozen because it rained for two days, and then it iced us a little bit, and then everything froze solid. Mm -hmm. So everything's frozen. We were lucky this morning. Our our roads were dry. It was dry enough that everything dried out yesterday, even though it didn't get above freezing. So I didn't have trouble going into work, but it snowed all day today. Those little teeny itty-bitty things that don't do anything, but all the roads are wet again. Grapple. Yeah, so... Are they like little, like, white pellet type thing? No, they were just little tiny snowflakes. The kids had a ball. We let them go out and play. They got soaking wet. (laughs) Of course they did. Of course they did. If you go down the slide, your butt's going to get wet. Okay. You know, whatever. (laughs) Wee. So. All right. Well, we should do this thing. So you guys do the first two chapters. Well, we're we're almost through this. We're almost through the second chapter. We're... Um, yeah, we're sort of in the middle of chapter two. Yeah. Okay. Eventually, they've gone the through a week of basically what Harry's used to, punishing him for stealing food that he didn't steal and uh, giving him lots of chores. And then Dudley knocks over her uh, mother's ashes, and she catches him at it. Yeah, and he tries to blame Harry, but Harry's out in the dog run, so she knows it's not him. Mm-hmm. So now this is really getting. And she realizes, thing. yeah. Twice before when um, Harry has supposedly broken some of Dudley's toys, he's also been outside working on chores. And she knows because she kept checking to make sure he wasn't being a slacker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she was reasonably sure, certain that Dudley had been playing inside. So she's starting to wonder here. And she's punished him. She put him in the corner, and he's refusing to stay in the corner. So so he gets his first ever spanking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. While protesting that he never gets punished and had to have been the freak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Had to have been the freak. He did it. And then again, that night when she gets up to go to the bathroom, she hears somebody rifling through the fridge or the pantry and she goes downstairs and catches Dudley with his hand in the raspberry jam. And he gets his second spanking of his life. So. Twice in a day. was like all excited that he got, got spanked. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes you need that. Uh-huh. And she checks on the runt. I love she calls him the runt. And he's sleeping fitfully. And he looks pathetic in his huge pajamas that are, you know, way too big. And he's only getting one meal a day. No wonder he looks so so thin. And without really knowing why, she covers him back up with the blanket and goes back up to bed. And... The next morning, she realizes she needs to do the laundry, and she goes to get Dudley's laundry, and it's, of course, all over the floor, and going through it, she finds crumbs of all the things that have, all the different foods that have gone missing. And I she, love the big, big chocolate handprint. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They could never Which have been is Dudley sized, so, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it wasn't a frame-up job. Right. And, and, um, and Harry's clothes are, of course, all neatly folded in hamper. Mm-hmm. I just gotta, I just gotta say, I mean, okay, I have a 10 year old. I mean, he's not neat. And how, I mean, did they really have to, yeah, I don't, I was just wondering how in the world she can get, how you can get an 8 year old to, um, fold his clothes or at least clean up his room and stuff. <laughs> well, you beat him and you withhold food 
And uh, sorry, not an idea. <laughs> For several years, and then eventually he'll get the idea. Yep. Treat him like a whip dog. Kelly and Rachel, can you both still hear okay? Yeah, I've I can broken up, but I can hear you. Okay, because we do have five people on the line, so if it starts to get to be a problem, we need to know. Okay. Just if, if you turn... Does it, like, go weird? Sometimes it goes weird and people can't hear us, can't hear each other. So ah. we're just checking. Okay. So just let us know. Yeah, I can yeah, it's really It's really choppy on my end. Okay. Like cut, cutting words ah. off and stuff, but I'm not recording, so... Right. Yeah, so as long as you can hear everything, and okay, so I guess we should be all right. As long as it's okay with Kelly and yeah. she can still hear enough, then that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I get a little choppy, but not nothing crazy. Okay. On to Chapter 3. Because <laughs> it went on to Chapter 3. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's because that's how she said it. <laughs> uh-huh. You would have thought it would called... in it and... and the word three doesn't have multiple syllables in it. <laughs> With a glottal stop in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I oh, why not? finish my mic, so I, I'm not actually stopping to drink in between words. <laughs> Vernon and Marge mm. encounter the supernatural. Is there more to that title? No, but on the it's too long, so on the website it's Vernon and Marge encounter the supernatural. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got there. <laughs> Those supernatures. And Trisha, go ahead and say what you were going to say about them being twins. Yeah, who would have thought that they were twins? Huh. Yeah, I didn't. Think I would have thought they were twins. I would have it does that. say in the book that yeah. she looks very much like Uncle Vernon and even has her own mustache and all of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I, would be, I would be sarcastic. Sarcastic? <laughs> <laughs> no. No. It's interesting, though, that she has them... Uh, get their looks from their mother instead of their father. Mm-hmm. But he was the disciplinarian, and they get that from him. Right. Um, a blonde mountain of muscle. Woman. Say it again. A blonde mountain I, of muscle. Must have been no, not, oh. not you, Sue. The other one. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. I said she must have been an ugly woman. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But apparently she was quite nice. And... Their father was occasionally nice, but he just had this very narrow view of the world, which they have uh, inherited. I I wasn't aware that the KKK existed in Great Britain. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not sure that they do. But, you know. But she does say the rest of the world, so, you know. Right. I don't know. (laughs) So the point of this chapter is. Nothing much actually happens, but it's sort of a a narration of the two different ways that Vernon and Marge have respond to encountering Harry's magic, Um, even though they've both been raised quite similarly and have a a similar view of the world. uh, Vernon's response is to cling firmly to normality and get uh, more and more off balance and out of temper as he's forced to deal with this magic nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, part of that is that he also gets the introduction to the wizarding world and James Potter and all of that, which um, was not the, not something that he's really prepared for. Whereas um, Marge having spent a week or two with Harry before anything unnatural happens, um, 
takes the view that um, un- abnormal things don't happen at all, so there must be some rational explanation for it. And she goes to the library and decides that Harry is a telekinetic. Right. I love that Marge is actually Hermione. She goes to the library and she researches <laughs> things. So. Mm-hmm. Yes. Her first th- thought is she might have yeah, hallucinated because this is all precipitated by Harry dropping a plate while he's watching di- washing dishes and then catching it with magic before it hits the floor because mm-hmm. he's afraid of being punished for breaking a plate. Right. And she thinks, okay, uh, maybe I'm hallucinating. No, no, I've only t- taken an aspirin. Those don't, those don't cause hallucinations. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> she goes and researches it, and then she comes back in and she tests him. And, you know, she wonders if he can move things with his mind and if he has ESP and all these different things. And he's not quite sure what to do with her, but he does enough that she's like, okay. Yeah, this is what he's got, and she goes away happy, and he's like, wow, what happened? She didn't call me a freak, she didn't lock me in the closet, she didn't beat me. Something's wrong here, but... Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time Harry has actually associated any of this with him. He just thinks these weird things keep happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that she's gone through this battery of tests, she works out, okay... It's only when he's agitated or stressed that occasionally things move around a little bit. and He can't really do much himself, although, you know, we'll have to keep an eye on him in case he starts um, using his powers for evil. And uh, Uh she figures, oh, so this is why all these things get broken. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Trisha. I just, I think it's neat that she she goes she goes and takes enough time to really just to look at stuff, and you know, like you don't see that with a lot of people. And I'm sorry, it just I think it's made me happy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just started to make well, it makes me like her now. Right, pissed me off. Yeah. You know, well, they've sort there's sort of a similarity in that they both believe that. Um, Everything has to be normal and the world should be normal, but she hasn't been presented with this. Oh, by the way, there are wizards who have been living here for centuries and you never knew about it. Um, she just thinks, okay, something's weird, weird's happening. Let's find out what's going on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this is what she's able to find. Right. She's, she's got more I will, no, I will call, I will call your attention to the fact that she is no longer calling him the runt. Mm-hmm. He is now the boy. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have a name yet, but th- th- there's progress. She no longer wants to drown him out in the but pond. She, right. <laughs> so that's she no longer calling him the runt. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. And she's still going to watch him, but she's thinking that, you know, we'll see what happens here. And yeah, mm-hmm. I like that she And it also gave her a way to, yeah. And she gets to let Vernon off the hook a little bit because she goes, okay, um, if he knows that he's a telekinetic, then that's why he might um, assume that broken things are because of him. Mm-hmm. But she's also been observing Dudley all these days and realizes that he tends to break things. So she's pretty sure that most of this is not to Harry. All he can seem to do is lift a plate or move things a few inches mostly. Right. And we move to chapter four, Dudley the puppy kicking hooligan. And, mm-hmm. yeah. And 
And now the boy is no longer the boy. Now the boy is Cherry. Mm-hmm. She's learned a few more things. Um, and we take a sharp diversion into uh, 1950s Wizarding World because apparently they've discovered at that point that you shouldn't have nuclear weapons near magic because the electronics goes haywire and you could cause a whole bunch of huge incidents. (laughs) And it kind of seems to come out of left field, but you realize later that, okay, this is, she's giving you backstory to an idea that she's had about the aura department that they should have actual, an actual connection to the London Metropolitan Police. Um, and they're just another, they're treated in the muggle world as a branch of the Metro Police. Mm-hmm. So, um, horrors like James Potter, for example, um, actually have badge numbers and if they get, if there's downsizing in the aura core, they can choose to transfer to other uh, police stations and get more interaction with muggles and stuff like that. Right. So it's not Marge that comes up with this. Because you said no. she at one point, and I'm like, Marge did this? But the... I meant the author. The author. Yeah. Lucilia. Yes. Yeah. The omniscient um, is telling us this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a little bit awkwardly done. Hang on. Go ahead, Rachel. Oh, I I, thought, I, I got it confused because I thought that the the colonel mm-hmm. um, or the colon or whatever whatever his name is, the guy that helps out with the dog, I thought it was him telling the story uh, with the thing about the auras. The, the constable? Like, is he? No, about him. Hmm? No, colonel. Well, I got uh, them a little bit mixed up. The one that helps out with the dogs, colonel, um, I can't remember his name now. Foster. Yeah. Yeah. Foster. Yeah. It's the guy that, not the constable. Yeah. I think I got him and the constable mixed up at one point. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I understand what you're saying. The colonel comes back again later. Yeah, different guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This bit is we learn from police constable Fred Wilkins, who has had a wizard, although he didn't know it, as a partner at one point, Mm -hmm. and was also briefly partnered with James Potter as a rookie, but here she sort of weaves back in to try and um, let the Dursley story off the hook a little bit. Apparently... Because James never completed his horror training, he was never officially employed in the wizarding world, but he did have these few months as a trainee with the Metro Police. Mm-hmm. So this particular constable, Fred Wilkins, happens to know James, and when he mentions that to his next partner, who was also a wizard and actually a fully trained horror, he gets <laughs> the sanitized muggle story of what happened to James Potter. And... Um, so then, when this same constable, coincidentally, is the one that keeps getting called out to Marge's place for disturbances about the dogs, is called out instead for a disturbance by Dudley, mm-hmm. he learns that this other kid there is related to the Potters and that Marge has apparently been fed a pack of lies about how um, nice James Potter actually was. Mm-hmm. And so he sets her straight, even though it's not the actual true story, it's the story that he knew about. Uh, Pretty damn close. It's a more true story. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. It's just basically that he was killed by a terrorist, which, I mean, I guess you could call Voldemort it a terrorist. He was. Yeah. He was a magical terrorist. Mm. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. So, and of course, after listening to the story, she says one word and spits it out like it's a curse, and it's like, Petunia. It's all Petunia's fault. 
It is a Kenya She's been problem. twisting her poor brother's mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And what we found out is that it's Petunia that's the bad seed, not Harry. And what happens is, yeah, is that... Yeah, not Lily. Or, yeah, not Lily. Harry. The mic's kicked in. <laughs> wow. So what happens is, is that they're out. It's a normal, fairly normal day. Harry's done his chores, and now he's out playing with the puppies. And Dudley, who keeps running away and getting drugged back by the various neighbors and is off vandalizing and doing all the stuff he's used to doing, decides to take out his anger on the puppy and tries to kick a puppy. And without hesitation... I'm going to kick Dudley. Yeah. Harry jumps in front of the kick, and he takes the blow instead of the puppy and ends up with broken ribs mm-hmm. or whatever. And yeah. yeah. And Marge happens to be looking out the window at this point, and this is the one thing you do not do in a breeding kennel is mm. do anything to the puppy. Right. Because <laughs> these, the these are her life and also her livelihood. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, Nephi Pooh Dudley has been sharply downgraded to puppy kicking hooligan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Her formerly precious nephew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she races over to Harry, who's protecting her most valuable puppies with his life, and pulls Dudley away. And she calls 999, which is their equivalent to our 911, I would imagine. And an ambulance yeah. comes. Mm-hmm. And takes Harry off because he's got correct ribs and needs to be seen in the dot in the hospital. And so she says she'll go too, but first she's got to take care of this hooligan and she orders him arrested. <laughs> Poor Dudley. You know, he's gone from being the, the golden child to living in this home with none of his toys, none of the stuff that he wants and he's had the first two spankings of his life, and she keeps trying to punish him, and he's just having this terrible time, and now he's kicked the dog, which, you know, would be no big deal at home. And, or he's ended up kicking Harry, and so he's getting to go to the hospital, and poor Dunnikins is getting arrested, and he's just like, uh, what happened to my world? So. Uh-huh. It got turned upside out. Yep. And so she gets told this story about James Potter and, and checks the badge number and everything because they, she doesn't know if she can trust this constable because he keeps coming and citing her for no reason because the neighbors are annoyed by the dogs. <laughs> uh, but um, there's no reason he would lie about that. And she does check the number and discovers that Petunia has been turning her poor brother into a liar. Yes. And, um, we move on to chapter five, Petunia the Abuser. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. dun, dun, dun is right. Come on. You know, it took me a minute for She to... heads off to... Go ahead. She heads off to the hospital, and um, there's another police constable with Harry while he's when she's entering the room, and the doctor wants to talk to her because she's the current guardian, and has all these things to tell her about how he's been beaten and malnourished and all of this horrible stuff, which, of course, Vernon would never do if, mm-hmm. in his right mind. So it must oh. be Petunia's fault. Right. And he's had a number of serious injuries that haven't been treated. 
And so even though he's healed himself pretty much by magic most of the time, it's not, you know, he's not healed correctly so they can tell what's happened. And mm-hmm. yeah, and he's small and malnourished because he's been horribly abused. And it's and Marge is certainly biased in Vern in Vernon's favor, but mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that she sort of thinks through here makes a certain amount of sense because Vernon's at work all day. Right. So if Petunia choo- anything Petunia chooses to do or tell him about what the boys have been doing while he's off at work, um, what should he think about it? And um, one of the things that Lucilia adds in a little bit later when Harry's talking about everything is that um, she, Petunia keeps giving him more chores and insisting he do those first. And then when Vernon comes home and gives him chores, he can't get them done in time, so he gets punished. Right. Um, Punished even more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if Harry's had some sort of accident and Vernon hasn't been around, then Petunia just says, oh, he's lying, he didn't really get hurt. And so on top of, you know, not getting a treatment, he's being punished for being a liar. So. Mm -hmm. And it just so happens that the police constable who has been called to the hospital here is one Kingsley Shacklebolt, which is a little bit much of a coincidence, but hey, it works. (laughs) Yeah. And so he knows a little more about what's going on than Marge does. And so he kind of figures, okay, this, this is over my head. And I'm not so sure about the minister because there's been some uh, weird allegations lately. And Barty Crouch at the uh, law office is just going to use this to his advantage. So I'd better go tell Dumbledore. Yeah. And we'll see what can be done. Cause I mean, this is what... Marge obviously doesn't know how to care for a young wizard and really is kind of out of her depth She's in rehabilitating Dudley, too. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> Go, Trisha. What I, I like is also, I mean, this is I mean, this is a typical, but the thing is I always think it's a, um, a typical but a, an accurate portrayal of <laughs> Kingsley. Mm-hmm. I think this is how Kingsley would be anyhow. I mean, he can he can think for himself, and he knows what's going on. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Your computer just makes me laugh today. Rachel, do you have anything to say? Because you have to jump in and, and walk over these people to do it. Um. Well, I've, I've been trying to I've been listening and trying to figure out the settings of the microphone from my other computer. Oh. Um. <laughs> but. <laughs> Yeah, for the story. Um, I don't know, like, I, I kind of was reading it. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I mostly kind of read it all at once, so I'm trying to remember specific thoughts that I had at specific times. Um, the, the the bit where they went straight to Dumbledore instead of going to the authorities because the whole thing was crouched kind of was it like good little details that she stuck in mm-hmm. because of the whole thing with like Barty Crouch. He has his son in his basement locked up right now. So if they had gone to him, that would have gone really badly. Um, just nice little, mm-hmm. she had a lot of little like, like the twin, the twin thing that you don't necessarily remember, but it's actually in the books. And she pulls those little things out and I like the little touches like that. Right. But yeah, I don't have too many thoughts on like the overall thing. I just kind of, the little, I appreciate the little details like that. Well, it's fixed out to me. Mm-hmm. I didn't take notes on this one because I didn't realize it's the first one. So <laughs> that's okay. So yeah. I like that we take notes. 
We're supposed to take notes. We never do, but <laughs> I like that Harry. I think it was a different story than it's actually a twist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, well, there you go. That doesn't help, though. Uh, but, uh, yeah. I like that Harry's grateful no, that too. finally somebody's willing to listen to him. And mm-hmm. he's he's feeling a little bit more comfortable with Marge because she's fed him lots of food and stopped punishing him for things he hadn't done, you know. He, and he was thinking about uh, Uncle Vernon had only really hit him once that he could remember. It's Petunia that was always mean to him. She's whacked him on the head with a frying pan, and she slapped him in the face and stuff. And Vernon just yells and makes threats and gives him chores that he can't complete. So he's he's mm-hmm. willing to spill the beans here, you know. <laughs> and he's figuring out that if he tells the truth, he doesn't have to go back to Vernon and Petunia and Dudley. So he's going to tell him every little mean thing that Petunia's ever done and said because he doesn't want to go back there. And mm-hmm. Sounds lima. No, I don't blame him either. And he's <laughs> yeah, pretty much enjoying Marge, and he loves the puppies. Which I can see. I can see yeah. Harry would love to be around animals like that. So, there you go. Yes, I, I think she does really well. Um, she's come up with a lot of good details and ideas of how these things might work out. And and the whole thing with the, um, the wizards have a muggle liaison because of a nuclear weapons scare in the 50s is just really neat. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it was a little bit oddly yeah, executed yeah. to put into the story because it's kind of what, where are we going with the 1952 thing? Right. <laughs> um, and it works itself out. And it just uh, takes you on this little jog there. Yeah. The whole the thing in general, is, like, I think she wrote it is. Finish your thought, Scott, and then we'll let Rachel talk. Oh, okay. Well, the, the whole thing in general is it's almost, um, it's narrating a bunch of things that um, could have happened or happened at some point, and then we go back to what's happening now, and then we're back somewhere else, uh, where I think it would have benefited from expanding the whole thing a little bit and adding in some actual um, scenes of interaction and sort of smoothing out what goes where in the timeline. But the, the, the actual details that are in it are very well done. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Rachel. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, it reads more to me like, there's a little line at the bottom of every chapter that says edited um, and then a date. Mm-hmm. So, it, like, the way it reads to me is more like, she wrote the story and then went back and kind of edited those, like, sort of, like, grammar and spelling mistakes type thing, maybe, but, mm-hmm. like, didn't want to restructure everything, like Scott was saying, might help the story. So, like, it seems more like it was just sort of a case of writing as you go um, and then realizing that maybe it should have gone elsewhere, but it's too late to change it sort of thing. Yeah, that could be. Mm-hmm. Not you know what? That. It reminds me of my thought process. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm afraid. To yeah, it's sort like, of a stream of consciousness story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's more a stream of conscious stories. Like, oh, this sounds, this will explain this, and this is how I'm going to do that. And it, it's just, I mean, it just has a little bit of plot holes in it. It's just not smoothed over yet. And I mean, it's just like when, if you mm-hmm. sit there and just start writing about different stuff, and you just, it, you, yeah, you write it and maybe she edited it with her grammar and spelling and stuff like that, like you said. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's more, like, yeah, it's stream of conscious mm-hmm. kind of 
thing. It's, mm-hmm. There's a couple plot holes where I'm like, like it's all of a sudden, hey, look, squirrel. <laughs> squirrel? <laughs> yeah. So, I think it's stuff that happens later on and being like, can't say that yet. It hasn't happened. <laughs> Good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, like I said, it's... We're, no wonder we're, I understood it. No wonder you what? <laughs> no wonder I understood it so well. <laughs> it's my thought process. It's your mind. Uh, I'm so mm-hmm. And some of that works because a lot of it is sort of inside Marge's mind. So mm-hmm. even if if you look for them, you'll find run-on sentences and things like that. But it sort of works because it's going along how she's thinking about things as she thinks through stuff. Right. It's just that the bits that are specifically Marge thinking and the bits that are the narrator explaining things to you are not very well separated. Right. So... We don't have little X X X X X X X X X X X. Sorry, I was listening to a live podcast for the last two days. Yeah, and then I'm like, it's probably just as well. I think it's a really neat premise. I love the fact that Marge has bought into this whole thing that Dudley's the prince and Harry's the freak or the runt, however you want to look at it. And now she's got these two kids, and she's not equipped to raise these two kids at the moment. She, I mean, she raises dogs. She, she doesn't know what to do with these kids, but she knows how she was raised. And, you know, well, I compare kids to dogs all the time, so I have to behave myself, but. I know that's where I'm doing. I'm like, what? Well, is there a difference? Yeah, well, not a lot, but, you know, sometimes. And so she's kind of falling back on her childhood and how things were done to her. And at the same time, she's like looking at these two boys and she's like, wait a minute. The one that I've been told is the angel isn't. And the one that I've been told is the devil really is a nice kid. And I like to see how she gets to that point. And I'm going to like to see what happens next because now, okay, we've got the ministry or at least Dumbledore hopefully involved in this because... Oh my goodness, the boy that lived is being abused and we need to fix this because somewhere down the line we're going to need this kid. At least that's what Dumbledore thinks. And so, and, you know, there's, there's different ways where you're just like, yeah, okay. Kingsley Shacklebolt really probably wouldn't have been the police officer in charge, but it works. And I like the idea that the Aurors had to do a stint as police officers so that they kind of know what's going on. Because sometimes the horrors have to go into the muggle world and they need to be able to know how to deal with this stuff. So I kind of wish a few more of the wizards had to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I would like that too. I mean, it's also, I mean, I mean, it's like anything that you do. I mean, from if you're going to be in something that you're going to have to deal with the public, you have to have some kind of training in how to do it. Mm-hmm. And and the public is any use for the orders. It's not just going to be. It's not just going to be all magical stuff. You're going to have to deal with because you know they're great with each other. I mean, some of the kids are 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 mudbloods and stuff like that. Or wizards goes with muggles and everything else in between. You have to. Right. I mean, look at the poor Weasley. Look at the poor Weasley. I mean, Arthur has no freaking clue what's going on. Maybe he should have had some aura training or something. 
<laughs> you never know what a damn rubber duck does. Yeah, but he's... To be fair, that was in the... The movie? Yeah, the rubber duck was a movie thing, but still, yeah. He has a plug collection, so, yeah. Yeah. Rubber ducky, you were so far... Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm just remembering one fanfic where he had a gun and he didn't know what it was. Mm, that didn't yeah. go well. I kind of remember that, yeah. Could be dangerous. <laughs> Kelly, are you awake? Yep. Do you have anything to say about this yeah. fic? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Awake. All right, then. Well, awake, but not very. <laughs> That's okay. We're, not we'll really. finish this up and send you to bed. I wasn't snoring, was I? We can nope. put... Um, Aaron snores in here if you'd like. No, that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'll have more to say about this next week when Marge goes and lays out Petunia. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of exciting. (laughs) She's not happy. Well, she thinks that everything is is Petunia's fault, Mm -hmm. and she doesn't realize that it's not just her. It's both of them. Right. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Their fault. It's not, I mean, if it was just her oh, reading the kids, and I was thinking, this is too. It's, it's, it's two people. And, and it's not just both of them, it's all three of them. Mm-hmm. So, that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I like later on what they end up doing with Dudley and how they kind of get him back under control. <laughs> but um, you won't do that till the next podcast. Yep. <laughs> Tune in next time to find out next that podcast. Yeah. That was the teacher. Okay. This is good with um, geese and geese. <laughs> uh, try. So, well, I, I do. I really like this idea, and I think it's fun to watch where it's going. So, there you have it. And with that... Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't quite realize. You didn't quite realize what? Oh, I didn't realize it was only 16 chapters when I was reading it. Because I got to chapter 15, and then I was like, wait, wait, there's... Oh, it ends now. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I kind of wish it had been a little bit longer, but uh, there's a sixteen. It was yeah, the uh, very yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it was. Yeah, right. there was a but, sixteen. But there's a sequel to it. Um, I think there's more like two chapters though, isn't there? I don't know. I haven't looked at the sequel. Yeah, I think so. Something like that. It's quite short anyway. Mm-hmm. So I think the, the concept, the concept was supposed to be longer, it just didn't quite mm-hmm. uh, get finished in the sequel. Yeah. But yeah, it's very interesting concept. Yeah. Well, cool. But the stuff that's in the future podcast that I, I probably won't be on. Author. Uh, <laughs> Keep going, Rachel. Oh, yeah? Keep going. Oh, yeah. Well, there's interesting stuff that happens in future chapters, such as the, the Dudley stuff. Um, but I won't comment on specific stuff. But it was very interesting to me. So I'm looking forward to hearing the podcast whenever they come out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, probably it'll be a not. While. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a little sorry. Tis. All right. Yeah. This author actually does have a number of other interesting uh, fics of various sorts. I actually knew her before as a um, a Star Wars fic author. Some of her later things, I believe, are Star Wars, and I wrote, I read some of them. She's also got she's got all sorts of different things. She has an, um, a series of A Team picks and some Star Trek thrown in there and some anime of various kinds. So whatever you happen to be in the mood for, I guess. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I had. So she's so she's well rounded. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that's neat. And you've read some 371 stories on fanfiction.net. Wow. Wow. So yeah, she's got a lot of them there. Yes, I've, prolific. Mm-hmm. I've read some of the other ones in the, um, the fandoms that I know, some of the Star Wars ones and the other Harry Potter ones. So she got one explaining how the Bloody Baron got stains on his robes. Um, it's not really blood. And um, various other things. A lot of the anime ones I've skipped over because I have no idea what they are. But, mm-hmm. yeah, you know. Yeah. I saw some Inuyasha and Naruto ones. I, didn't, I haven't read any other ones, but I saw some. I was like, oh, yeah, I know that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like your comment, Kelly. Kelly, uh, Kelly said that it jam. was strawberry jam on the Bloody Baron. And if it's not blood, it's strawberry jam. Ah, <laughs> uh, ketchup. I can't remember what she said ketchup. it actually was. <laughs> well, we um, might have to go read it now. Uh, yes, it's very short. It's less than a hundred words, I believe. Let me just check that part. <laughs> it's 91 words, yeah. <laughs> so, it's a drabble, right. basically. It's a drabble. <laughs> it's a drabble. Oh, my. Very cool. I might actually be able to well, read that one. So, we should say goodnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're wrapping up for this podcast. It was actually one of our shorter ones, probably because we only did five chapters. Yeah. This is a- That's okay. Mm-hmm. This is a kid. Oh my god, I can go to bed in a decent hour. <gasps> yes, Trisha. Well, we didn't <gasps> want to keep you up tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I've been yawning for half an oh hour. It's only 10.30. It's, yeah. like I said, I didn't want to start really hard for our first ones. I thought I'd better tone it down and just go real easy to get us, ease us back into this since we haven't actually podcasted in months. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. So there you go. So okay, we will well, say good night, everybody. 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 Good night. I guess I should. I guess I should say, hi, I'm Kelly. You have to edit that in the beginning. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you can move your ignore. talk about weather in with our talk about weather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I can do yeah, everything short. It would be good. And Trisha didn't snort once. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> The night is young. <laughs> so hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.